welcome to the Holistic Women's Health Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Adele King, certified nutritionist and holistic women's health expert. Here, we'll cover all topics related to nutrition, women's health, hormones, self-development, and personal growth. I'm here to guide you on your journey to balancing your hormones, loving your menstruation, cycle syncing, and living your best life. Now let's get into it. Hello, and welcome back to the Women's Health Podcast. On today's episode, I have a very special guest. I have my partner, William, joining me again. And today we're going to talk about all things women's health from the man's perspective. So basically, I will be quizzing him. We will be talking all about taboo topics, breaking down barriers, talking about subjects that men and women should be aware of in terms of women's health. And so we'll just be kind of having an open conversation. I'll be asking him questions and seeing basically how much he knows about women's health. So he'll be your teacher today in teaching you all about different aspects of women's health. Are you excited? I am excited and slightly nervous. (laughs) Being put on the spot a little bit. (laughs) Yes. So if you don't know, my partner Will is a chef, so he's not necessarily in the health and wellness field, but he does know, I would say, more than the average man just based on what I... Being exposed to it. Being exposed to it. seven. Yes. So are you open to answering a couple questions? I'm ready. Being I'm, the teacher? Yeah, I'm ready. I don't know how much teaching I'll be able to do, but I'll, I'll do my best. All right. Well, let's start off with an easy one, shall we? Okay, I'm ready. Okay. How often should a woman bleed in a month? Like once for one period of time. Yeah, okay. So that's the ideal. Yes. Is that true for all women? No. Okay, good. Can we just bleed if we feel like it? No. No? I don't think that's healthy for anybody. (laughs) To just just bleed on command? (laughs) Can we do it though? As far as I know, no. (laughs) Okay. Just seeing how much. No, we can't. Okay. I don't think any human being should be able to bleed on command. Unless you cut yourself or something. But ideally, no. Naturally, we should just bleed once a month. Yes, that seems reasonable. Okay. Do you know for how many days? It depends on the woman. I know that. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, it's between three and five days. Mm -hmm. With the average, give or take, being five to seven Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So three, uh, anything under three is too short. Anything above seven is too long. Right. Good job. Okay. You know your stuff. I think so. It's three to seven days. All right. <laughs> Can you explain what a period is? It is the shedding of the u- uteral lining. Yeah. The uterine lining. The uterine. Uter- <laughs> uterine lining. And also it's like... During the cycle, the egg moves into the ovary and it either gets fertilized and turns into a baby or it goes back out the fallopian tubes and gets discarded with the uterine lining. Mm-hmm. Good job. Yeah. So the shedding of uterine lining. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay, good. <laughs> Most men apparently don't know that. I might have learned something in health class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this is kind of like the health class that... Beyond health class that most people don't really learn. Can you tell me what cycle syncing is? I know. I actually know a lot about this one. This is when you, I guess, 
get in tune with your cycle and sort of work your life around it. Is that is that the right way to explain it? Mm-hmm. Like, so you can match your life up with your exactly menstrual with cycle. the different phases of your menstrual cycle. So like when you're ovulating, you probably have a lot of energy, more likely to you know go out and do things or accomplish some goals. And then when you're on your period, you're less you know you're you have less energy. You're probably going to relax a little bit, take it easy, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just being in tune with your cycle. Perfect. So you mentioned the cycle phases. Mm-hmm. So growing up, I just pretty much thought, and myself, like a lot of other women, thought that there was pretty much one phase of you get your period and then the rest is all just one big phase. So can you explain how many phases there are? I can. There are four. <laughs> okay. There is the, I get this wrong, but the follicular phase is phase one. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many days? Bonus points if you can say how many days. Seven to ten. Uh-huh. Got it. Okay. And then there's the ovulation phase, which is shorter. It's like five days. Three to four days. Three to four days. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then there's the luteal phase, which is like two weeks, 14 days. Ten to fourteen. Ten to fourteen. Yep. Okay. And then there's period, which is five to seven. Yep. All right. See? Perfect. Can you tell me about ovulation and the pregnancy window? How long is a typical pregnancy window? The typical pregnancy window is it's something like, it's only like a day or two, right? Mhm. 12 to 24 hours. 12 to 24 hours. Okay, so it's like one one day. Mhm. Which I did not know. Mhm. Yeah. Very fascinating. It's, very, it's a very narrow window. It's a very narrow window. Which yeah. I don't know how people screw that up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can Women can ovulate more than once a month, but typically it's just once a month Mm. and it's 12 to 24 hours. Okay. There you go. All right. Switching gears a little bit. Can you tell me what the difference is between a panty liner, a pad, a tampon, and a menstrual cup? A panty liner? I have no idea what that is. (laughs) (laughs) So that's more like a diaper thing. (laughs) So if I send you in this store and I said, can you just grab me some panty liners? What are you grabbing? I'm going to read some labels. I'm going to read a lot of labels. <laughs> so you're going to head and grab some diapers. No, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But I, like a pad is, it is, it, it is what it is. It's a pad. It's an absorbent mm-hmm. pad. It mm-hmm. goes in your underwear. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the difference between that and a panty liner is, though. <laughs> and then between tampons and diva cup. Yeah, tampon is what it is. What it is, it goes up there, and it yeah, absor- it's very absorbent. Okay. And then a diva cup is not, it's not disposable. It's reusable. Mm-hmm. It's like a rubber cup. Medical silicone. Medical silicone cup is inserted and catches the menstrual blood. The menstrual blood. Yeah. <laughs> and then but you empty it a few times a day, mm-hmm. wash it out and put it back in. Yep. Do you know what the benefit of using a diva cup versus a traditional tampon would be? It's typically uh, a big concern that they put on the warning labels in a tampon box. 
plastic and I don't know, it's made of synthetic materials. No? No. There's um, something called toxic shock syndrome. Uh-huh. Do you know what that is? I have no idea. No? Okay. No, I have no idea. <laughs> okay. So if you were to explain it, what do you think it is? Toxic shock syndrome? Yeah, from a tampon. Oh, it sounds painful. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it is. So it's basically if a woman leaves a tampon in for too long and they don't remove it, it can basically send your body into shock and it can kill a lot of women. That sounds horrible. Mm -hmm. So that's why there's a lot of warning labels saying that you must replace your tampon every couple of hours. Every couple hours? Every you if you leave it in overnight, it's a risk. I didn't know that. Mm hmm. Yeah. Whereas the Diva Cup, you can leave in overnight. You can leave in. I've left it in twelve hours before and no issues. Okay, I did not know that. Mm hmm. The other benefit would be toxic shock syndrome. It toxic terrifying. shock syndrome. Mm hmm. <laughs> so, so you want to be replacing them every couple of hours. So that's why it can get expensive. Mm -hmm. So back to the panty liner pads. So pads come in all different sizes, extra small, small, large, extra large, depending on how heavy your flow is. Same with tampons can come in um, a light flow or a heavy flow. So there's typically like regular and super. A panty liner is for days that you might be anticipating your period or after it ends and it's just kind of like a little bit of spotting. So it's very light. Mm. So it's very, very small and thin. I see. It's like a dryer sheet. Sure. <laughs> very small, very thin compared to a regular pad. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Did not know that. What is PCOS? Okay, I might get this wrong, but it's polycystic ovarian syndrome. Mm -hmm. And... It's when you get cysts on your ovaries, right? Mm-hmm. And there's three symptoms. Yeah. And if you have two of them, mm -hmm. then you most likely have PCOS, cysts on your ovaries. Mm-hmm. Does one of them like, have to do with skin? Mm, kind of. Male androgen hormones, excess male hormones. Right, like hair, like abnormal like, hair growth. Yeah, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And then... I'm drawing a blank on what the third one is, but. So you must qualify for two out of the three symptoms. You must have an irregular or no period. Uh, I see. High levels of male androgen hormones or polycystic ovaries. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I knew those, but I. I drawing a blank. Yes, draw, I drew a blank. Good job. There's a lot to remember. <laughs> There's a lot to remember. There's all kinds of letters and numbers and. <laughs> Qualifications yes, and not. Yes, exactly. Women's health is complicated. Your thoughts on birth control? I think it is overprescribed. Mm. I think it's. I think women, young women, are not educated enough on the risks, mm -hmm. of which there are many. Uh, I think it can be dangerous to take long term, and I think there are better ways. I think just people should be more aware of the risks before they jump on it. I remember being in school and it was like women's, like anything we knew about women's health was like, oh yeah, get on the birth control pill. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. It was just get on the birth control pill and get vaccinated for was it HPV. HPV. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's all I knew about mm -hmm. <laughs> women's health. Yeah, 
And you were pretty shocked the other day. I just happened to be researching for a client the studies on birth control and cancer risk. And you were like, what the heck? It increases risk of cancer by 60%. Yeah, they don't tell you that. No, they don't tell you that. They don't really. That, that in and of itself should be enough reason to not take it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to mention all the other little side effects. Yep. Yeah, either one yeah. sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. There's There are better ways. There are better ways. Yeah. What do you think are some better ways? I think I think cycle syncing is a great way. Mm-hmm. I think just being in tune with your body and knowing when you're fertile and when you're not mm-hmm. is is a good start. And then, I mean, depending on what your relationship status is, like using traditional contraception, condoms, and etc. So, question for you. Do you have any advice on either, if it's a male-female relationship, do you have any advice for women to share with their boyfriends? Or if there are any men listening, do you have any advice for men if their female partner does want to come off the pill? Mm, I mean, for the for the men, I would say you should absolutely support her decision 100%. It's her body. It's her choice. Uh, and then for the women I think I would just be more open about it and less I I just I would just address the elephant in the room like Mm -hmm. I think you never talked about it in a way where it was like oh what's I'm on my period you know like you were just very open and upfront about it and it's like okay cool Mm -hmm. and the more we talked about it the less it became a a big deal Mm mm-hmm uh, and now it's it's not a big deal at all. I mean, you write it on the calendar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tip, if you want your partner to totally be involved, you can share which phase of your cycle you're in and kind of get them in tune as well so they know, you know, if you'll be having any PMS symptoms one week or if you're going to be super outgoing or... Or if maybe you should leave for work early and, <laughs> and just keep your mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> Another question for you. Do you think women's health topics should be talked about a little bit more in the education system? A hundred percent. Absolutely they should be. I think like obviously fifty percent of the population are women. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, for the most part, obviously there's some exceptions, like everyone is going to have to deal with a woman's health issue in their lifetime, you know, either directly or indirectly. Um, you know, like for example, like I never had to deal with it on my own, but in our relationship, it's come up a lot. And I think that people should be prepared for that. And yeah, I, I just think it gets overlooked and it kind of is treated like a taboo subject, which is unfair and unreasonable Mm -hmm. considering like, okay, most people want to have kids. The vast majority of people want to have kids and you know, that involves a man-woman relationship. And both sides need to understand everything that's involved with that, mm-hmm. you know. That's the traditional way. That's the traditional like way. Adoption yeah, yeah, of course. Idea. Of course, like there's obviously exceptions. But from the women's health or, that, you know, that's another reality is that some women are infertile. Some men, some men are infertile. Mm-hmm. And you need to understand that and what causes those things and accept that reality. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it's like in schools now, but when I went to school, nobody really talked about 
any transitioning men or women and what they might be. We never talked about any of that. We talked about the, the, the bare, the bare necessities, like the basics, (laughs) like this is how babies are born. Yeah. That's it. None of the other complicated (laughs) (laughs) stuff that goes along with it, you know, none, none of it. So yes, I think, I think it should be not, it shouldn't be something that's breezed over Mm -hmm. as much, you know, like health classes, what it's like a week, you know, yeah yeah you do it in phys ed you talk about it for a week and then it's like okay it's over yeah a couple little sheets that you have to fill out and that's pretty much it yeah 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 (laughs) totally breezed over and obviously you're not paying attention because you don't care because you're in high school and yeah or even better things to do Yeah. yeah yeah i think it's definitely not talked about enough like i said i had no clue that there were four phases in a women's menstrual cycle and didn't know that we felt different things and that we had our whole own cycle called the infradian rhythm and compared to men who follow the circadian rhythm and that we both experienced different things at different times and had zero clue. (laughs) No, no idea. No idea of any of that stuff. So you might know this one pretty well because I experience a lot of symptoms, but what is PMS? Uh, Something menstrual syndrome. Premenstrual syndrome. Premenstrual menstrual syndrome. Mm Mm-hmm. And the, oh man, I'm drawing a huge blank on <laughs> what it involves, but cramps mm-hmm. are one of them, mm-hmm. um, fatigue, mm-hmm. floating, mm-hmm. yeah, painful. If you need to call a friend, you can call a friend. Can I call a friend, please? <laughs> Breast tenderness can yeah. be one of them. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing really well. Yeah. So basically, it's caused by something called prostaglandins and it causes pain and things can exacerbate this pain. So any cold foods during the menstrual cycle can cause more pain. Any sugar can cause more pain. Any excessive working out can cause more PMS symptoms and pain. Alcohol. Alcohol for sure can cause more pain. So there's a lot of contributing Mm. factors and definitely mood changes is a big one. Like, so that week before our period, our mood starts to change. Yes. Everything gets tidied a lot more. Well, yeah. So a couple weeks before we do like to, or I like to tidy up anyways. And then the the couple days before the three to five days before, I kind of just want to stay in, watch movies. Yeah. Things might irritate me a bit more. (laughs) Her words, not mine. (laughs) So yeah. Any breast tenderness, definitely cramps is a big one. Yeah. And sometimes headache, nausea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bloating for sure. Fatigue. Yeah. yeah. Overall, just weakness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cravings are a big one too. Mm-hmm. Cravings for sugar, carbs, and chocolate. Sometimes yeah. crunchy, bring salty. Bring me home pasta. <laughs> I heard that one. Uh, a, I'm I've heard that one like, a few times. Not pasta. I'm more like, please bring me cookies. <laughs> cookies or bread or. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. These things that we know mm-hmm. <laughs> don't make you feel good yeah 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 they don't make me feel better but i do crave them yes mm-hmm. definitely so for anyone listening who experiences pms definitely reach for the omega-3s <laughs> any turmeric any curcuminoids any warm soups and stews will definitely do you better than some sugary cookies and some pasta <laughs> but they won't taste as good though no they won't yeah sometimes you just have to fulfill a craving for your soul get some soul food so what is endometriosis oh gosh 
That's another one that I've heard a hundred times. <laughs> I, I need a lifeline. I need <laughs> Call some, a friend. I need some help. <laughs> so endometriosis is the buildup of scar tissue, typically around the ovaries, but the scar tissue can show up pretty much anywhere in right. the body. It's very hard to diagnose too, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because in order for it to be 100% diagnosed, they do have to open you up for surgery and identify the scar tissue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. It can't be viewed on an ultrasound or anything like that. So, but typically doctors will diagnose if you do have a family history or if you experience a lot of symptoms of endo or endometriosis, but in order to get an accurate diagnosis, mm. they do have to open you up and identify the scar tissue, which impairs pretty much everything because if there's scar tissues on or around your ovaries, it impairs regular functioning of everything. And it's also very painful. <laughs> Extremely painful. Yep. Definitely painful. Yeah. Yep. Because as the uterus contracts and expands, if you experience cramps, the scar tissue kind of prevents it from contracting and expanding. So it kind of pulls on the, the scar tissue. That sounds horrible. Yeah. So it's very, very, very painful. And a lot of very awful symptoms that go along with it. And it's also highly underdiagnosed. So PCOS and endometriosis, one in every 10 women. And those are people, those are women who have diagnosis. Right. of those. So right. a lot of people are going undiagnosed. So one in every 10 women have it who are diagnosed with it. But there are a lot of women going undiagnosed. I think the stat is around 80% are undiagnosed. So that stat one in 10 is is yes. a little bit inaccurate. Yeah. So it's probably I want to imagine a lot of those symptoms sort of get roped into PMS. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, you just you're having a painful period or... Here's the birth control pill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, we don't uh, know what's wrong period? with you, but it's yeah. probably just this other thing. Yeah. Yeah. Take the pill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Take the pill. Solve all your problems. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't. FYI, it does not solve all your problems. Or any of your problems, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe just temporarily like a Band-Aid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like so most traditional medicine is. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, medications kind of just it's cover fix. up. It does mm -hmm. not get to the root cause. Look at you go. <laughs> <laughs> My last question for you, and then I'll ask if you have any questions for me. Do you think a woman's partner should track her cycle? A woman's partner should track her cycle? Mm -hmm. So, like, do you think, in a, again, in a male-female relationship, would you, as the man, track my cycle? I think it's definitely good to be mindful of it for sure. Mm -hmm. I, I don't necessarily, you know, pull out my calendar and <laughs> write it down and write it down. But I, I would say I'd like to be in the know. Mm -hmm. I like to be kept informed and know where you're at and know what that means. Cause I want to be able to support you and, you know, know when it's a good time for us to, you know, go for a hike or when we should just kind of lay low or, you know, when you're not going to be feeling great. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's just an important part of the relationship mm -hmm. for sure. So you do appreciate it when I write it on the calendar? Yes. Yeah. That, that is especially helpful for me. <laughs> I'm 
kind of a buffoon and I forget things. And mm-hmm. So there you go for any women out there listening to maybe share your cycle with your partner and maybe they'll appreciate knowing which phase you're in and the different moods that you might be going through, whether you're feeling adventurous or introverted or intuitive and yeah, maybe it's very, it's very helpful other than just like guessing like, hmm, shatter period or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I find it very helpful to be, to be in the know. Good. Yeah. You did really well. Thank you. You know, all the phases, all the days. I didn't do as well as I probably should have, all things considered, but... No, I think you're ahead of the game. And I think... Probably. I think most most men are either oblivious or just have no idea. Mm-hmm. But I think conversations changing and a lot of the very smart men and women are raising their kids to be very knowledgeable on different health topics and being open. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No shame in in anything women's health, men's health related. It's just the natural life cycle. And it's such just... a big part, especially as a woman, it's such a big part of your life that I think talking about it more, I would find it very, I don't know, relieving, mm-hmm. liberating to mm-hmm. talk about it a little bit more as opposed to like keeping it a secret all the time. It's like it's a big part of your life for what, 50 years of your life? Yeah. Give or take. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, like, topics change once you reach premenopause, perimenopause, menopause. Yeah, that's, a whole other, that's a whole other story. Yeah, it's a whole other woman's health condition. Which I know nothing about. <laughs> yeah. Zero. We'll educate you when we get there. We'll get there. <laughs> so from a male's perspective, do you have any questions on behalf of the men out there that you would want to know or wish you knew? Especially maybe growing up and not being as educated as you are now? Hmm. That's a good question. I guess I would ask at what point in the cycle, it's going to sound weird, but like, do you actually feel good? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the cycle is, let's be honest, like you kind of feel terrible. Yeah. It depends person to person. But generally, we should be feeling good all month long with a slight sensation of pain during menstruation so that's, that's like not the case though for the most no for the vast majority of women. no yeah so typically a lot of women can experience ovulation pain so cramps just around ovulation women with endometriosis or something called pmdd premenstrual dysphoric disorder experience pain a lot of the time in the menstrual cycle for me i feel pretty good i notice a big shift in my energy, meaning my energy goes up right after my period ends in follicular phase. And then I experience the most energy in ovulation. So when testosterone is at its peak and my hormones are at their peak. And then as we get into that week before the period and during my period, I feel really low, tired, moody, floaty, crampy, drained, the whole nine. Mm -hmm. But typically, follicular phase ovulation is when I feel the best. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Mm-hmm. Was it hard for you to start to talk about it, like with me, at the beginning? So I don't honestly, I don't really remember. Hmm. Good question. I mean, mm, not really. Like at the beginning, it was a little embarrassing talking about health stuff 
or it felt like that. Like those yeah. were my emotions coming to you when we but just I guess started especially, dating. I mean, you're a little bit different. It's been such a big part of your life. Yeah. You had surgery when you were young. Yeah. So kind of forced. Dealing with the repercussions of that ever since. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wasn't really ashamed to talk about my period or anything when I was more, maybe not ashamed, maybe that's not the right word, but I was worried to talk to you about having one ovary. Yeah. And, you know, you wanting a lot of kids has always been a concern that I've been on the birth control for 11, almost 12 years and your fertility decreases the longer you're on it and then having one ovary and prone to lots of cysts and lots of other women's health related issues. Yeah, but pretty much we were pretty open about that even on our first date, just talking about that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, I've been pretty open. Like if, if I needed to run to shoppers to grab any tampons or anything like that, if I forgot my diva cup or I've been pretty open. Is it embarrassing for you if no, I say, no, not at all, actually. can we stop at shoppers? I need to pick up some tampons. It's, I think it's only embarrassing if you let it be. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to be as supportive as I can. And if you need something, it's mm-hmm. kind of the reality. Yeah. And I think it's, once you start having no kids. point in dancing around it. Yeah. Especially once there's like kids and babies, especially if the partner's in the room, like everything's out in the open. Yeah. You know, like you're there through thick and thin and it's just nothing will phase you anymore after seeing that much amount yeah, of blood. Exactly. And, yeah. I don't, I'm not phased very easily, mm-hmm. I would say. Mm-hmm. So you don't find it embarrassing if someone sends a guy and you see a guy in the tampon aisle? Do you oh, think I'd be like, hey, I understand. Yeah. You know, you're mm-hmm. a good man. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would, I would notice if he like grabbed a pack of gum too, like, like that's, that's what guys do. They like get a box of tampons, get a pack of gum, you know, some, maybe some razor blades just to make it seem like that's not the only reason why they went there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's just a thing that happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Grab a couple extra items. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's not embarrassing though. No. No. Okay. No other questions? If a woman, I have a question for okay, you. All right. if, That's easier for me. <laughs> if you're in public and you see that a woman has bled through her pants or her dress or her skirt, whatever she's wearing, what would you do? Gosh, I've never experienced that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I would react. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she would feel comfortable with a man coming up and being like, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Got something you need to take care of. So you're just gonna let her go walk around in public some I, more? Honestly, I really don't know. Mm-hmm. I I would have to be in that situation. Mm-hmm. I would really hope that I was with you. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be like, go give her your jacket. She can put it around her waist. Sure, let her know. That's what has to happen. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll take one for the team. But mm-hmm. I, I yeah that that would be a tough tough yeah. scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if you can let them know if they're carrying, like, a jacket or a sweater, then they can just wrap it around their waist. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I have never been in that scenario, so <laughs> I don't know how I would react. Okay, well, if I you ever I hope I would are. do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Give her your jacket. Give yes. her your sweater. Now that I'm, now that I'm woke. <laughs> yeah, now that you're well-educated. Yeah. And, yeah. 
I I don't know. I I don't know if I have any more questions. I'm I feel like I'm we have this conversation all the time. Yeah. And I probably ask the same questions a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how many times I've asked what PMS stands for <laughs> and, and what endometriosis or any of this stuff is. I've probably asked you a hundred times. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. But I'm definitely more educated than the average bloke. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. You're pretty educated. Yeah, I try to be. Well, it's important. Thanks for being open and honest. Absolutely. And willing to come on the Women's Health Podcast. I'm, I'm always happy to come on the Women's Health Podcast. Yeah, the Holistic Women's Health yes. Podcast. And talking about subjects that are taboo, breaking down barriers. Absolutely. I think it's, I think it's important. I think there's no reason why these kinds of things should be taboo. Yeah, I think the more we talk about it, the less taboo it'll be. So thanks for joining in on the conversation to making it less taboo. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe we'll have you on again sometime. I hope so. (laughs) So what did we think about that episode with my partner, Will? I thought it was so much fun. He did so well. I was actually amazed at how well he answered some of the questions and how much we knew, whether that was me rubbing off on him or him doing his own research or just knowing some of the answers. I don't know how he knew a lot of it. And I was very, very impressed with how much he did know. And I thought it was a lot of fun. So let me know if you like those types of conversation podcasts. I have a couple guests lined up that will be on the podcast soon. So let me know if there are any topics you want to hear. And if you like the more conversation style, or if you prefer me just giving you all my best tips and knowledge, or if you like a balance, let me know on Instagram. You can find me there at nutrition moderation. You can also email me hello at nutritionmoderation.com. I would absolutely love to hear from you. I love to hear from all my listeners. And as usual, my mission is to help change women's health one woman at a time. So I would absolutely love it if you could share this with someone you know, someone you love, maybe your partner, someone who needs to hear this information so we can learn, grow, and change together, not just as women, but also to educate and inspire our partners because ultimately when you know better, you do better. So... In order to change women's health, we don't just need to be educating our women. We also need to be educating the people around us. So that's something to keep in mind there. So if you could share this with someone who needs to hear it, I would love it. The way we grow as a podcast on the Holistic Women's Health Podcast is if you share this. So I would love it if you could do that. Share it on your Instagram stories. Share this episode link. Send someone a text message and let me know your thoughts. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I'll see you next week. My friends, thank you so much for listening in. If you liked this episode, feel free to share it with a friend, subscribe, rate, or review this podcast. For more health, wellness, and lifestyle tips, you can come say hi to me on Instagram at nutritionmoderation or online at nutritionmoderation.com. I hope you have an amazing day wherever you are. We'll chat soon.